Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. of that song that was written specifically for us and by Dean Holly, and I just love that song. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. It is the Empowerment Channel, and we are brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity that has just turned 18 years old. Uh, it's so exciting that we are still here, and our new book for millennials, is uh, oh, is in the editing process, and then it's going to go for publishing. So I'm very thrilled about that. We have 31 contributors, uh, most of whom are either hosts or radio reporters on our show, Express Yourself, as well as volunteers who have been with Be The Star You Are over the years, and the people I have coached as millennials. So it's it's really exciting. It's a book for millennials and by millennials, so that's uh, thrilling to me. Well, we hope that you are having a good week. It's really been a challenging week for the world. We all have to be prepared for disasters. Two earthquakes in Mexico. My heart goes out to everyone. And four hurricanes throughout the South and the Caribbean. And a hurricane that's a Category 5 is just horrible. So I just want you to know that Be The Star You Are charity is collecting donations to help with this disaster relief. It's called Operation Disaster Relief. started off being Hurricane Harvey Relief, and then it has had to broaden. You can go to bethestarur.org to uh, find out information and how you can donate. Our volunteers have been working very hard to um, help the people, and we will continue doing that. So today's show... We will be going outdoors because I am your goddess gardener. And we're also going to be talking about how to help your adult children make positive choices. Because as caring parents, we have to step in with an opinion while maintaining family harmony. And But how you say it and what you say is a little bit, uh, can be challenging and can start new problems. So the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charities Operation Disaster Relief. Again, visit bethestarur.org to make a donation or to find out more about what we're doing and how, we, how we're going to be going about it. 
And this is from John Muir. I went out for a walk and finally concluded to stay out till sundown for going out, I found, was really going in. And that quote is going to lead right into our second segment when we talk about summer draw coming to a close and fall beginning. But now, what fun I want to have because I want to ask you if you have a cup of coffee in the morning. Uh, that, that Java, that cup of joe seems to be something that has become very, very popular in America, but not just the old kind of coffee like my dad used to do when we were growing up. He would just reach for instant Maxwell House, put a little teaspoon in his cup with some hot water, and I thought it tasted horrible. And of course, we were told when we were kids that coffee stunted growth, so we never drank it. Instead, we had Ovaltine or hot chocolate or we had some herbal teas. But America now has a craving for coffee. And though a, a cup of joe probably has fueled the morning routines for generations, it, it has undergone a big transformation. Now, the U.S. coffee consumption is now at an all-time high. In fact, according to the National Coffee Association, 62% of us drink it every single day. And that's 5 more than did it last year. So we're really growing. I know that when I was living in Europe, that was when the first time I was really introduced to coffee. And it was good coffee. And I liked it. And I couldn't believe the difference between what was offered back here in California if you went into a restaurant or whatever, which I couldn't even drink, and then what they would have over there. And an interesting thing, the French used to call the American coffee Le Pipi. <laughs> and I couldn't agree more because after you've had a good um, café pressé, something, a good, good cup of coffee, you really can't go back. You just can't go back to that watered-down, whatever, brown brew that just made no sense. So this is what our first segment today is we're talking about. Coffee drinkers, coffee across all age groups, from teens to seniors. It seems that everyone has an insatiable thirst for coffee. And many of us have a growing preference for that high-quality brew. And that's me. That puts me in that category. I'm a big Pete's lover, but I will have any kind of coffee that is a good bean that I can smell, that it was freshly roasted and that I can grind up. Going into a coffee machine, no thank you. Not going to have it. <laughs> I guess I've become a snob in that way. But more than half the coffee we consume is now considered gourmet coffee. It's not the stuff that comes in cans anymore. And it's a preference that's becoming so much easier to indulge in because there's a number of specialty coffee shops and coffee roasters, and it increased tenfold between 1993 and 2013. We're not talking just Starbucks now. So most of the coffee we drink is still brewed at home, and most coffee people are just doing it in drip coffee makers. Now, there are ratings you can get to get the best drip coffee makers, but again, I'm after living in Europe, there's just no way I can use a coffee maker. I have to have that Café Presse. So there are different artisanal brewing methods, which it turns out 
really, truly do make a difference in how coffee tastes. Again, that's why the pressed coffee is so good. Uh, Retailers are eager to cater to devotees that are willing to pay premium prices. And so many stores now are offering fresh gourmet beans from around the world. According to a market research firm called Mintel, 30 that's three zero new Ethiopian coffees hit the U.S. market between 2012 and 2016. That's more coffee than from any other African country. And again, we can talk about if I get uh, if I I have some ratings on the coffee. So if the segment doesn't run out, I will share some of the best ones with you. Now, the the best news though about our collective coffee craze is that coffee is good for us. So there's been so much research done in the past two decades that shows that coffee could be linked to reducing a number of illnesses, including cancers, heart disease, and even Alzheimer's. And again, that contrasts greatly with when I was growing up where coffee was really not given to children. It was said it would stunt your growth. Uh, It wasn't considered healthy to drink very much coffee. It's so interesting how research can change things. So here are a few of the health benefits. Now, a few um, decades ago, as I said, coffee wasn't considered healthy, and it was even considered harmful. But now, all these different nutritional and uh, researchers and professors that have been doing work at Harvard and, and many different schools around the country, they have found that the recent studies are suggesting there is a good benefit to drinking coffee. And that largest analysis is that we've seen that examines a coffee consumption and health. And this is based on two studies with more than 700,000 people in 10 countries. So that's a pretty big study group. And it was published online in the Annals of Internal Medicine in July, if you happen to, to uh, catch it. But what they found, they, several universities throughout the U.S. and Europe, they found that coffee drinkers were less likely to die prematurely. Well, see, I like that. I want to live to 108. In one study, those who drank one to three cups of coffee coffee per day were 12 to 18% less likely to die during the study period from any cause at all. That included cancer, heart, liver, and respiratory diseases. Now, of course, that didn't um, consider getting hit by a bus or not wearing your seatbelt or something like that. So, But from any kind of disease, 12 to 18% less. That result suggests that moderate coffee drinking is not only not detrimental to your health, it even um, improves your health and offers a lot of health benefits. And Neil Murphy, who is a doctor and a scientist at the World Health Organization, he was a lead author on one of these studies. And he is uh, suggesting that coffee is good for you and that we should be having one to three cups a day. Now, again, like anything else, you go over that three cups and then it becomes detrimental. Now, other research that was published in the past five years found that regular coffee drinkers seem to have a lower risk of type 2 diabetes. Now, that's big because especially in America, we have a lot of diabetes. And so it's very important to be checked for that on a regular basis. It also lowered the risk of Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, as well as it increased um, the health of livers. It gave people a faster metabolism. 
and it decreased risks of endometrial, prostatic, and colorectal cancers. The studies also confirmed that something that I think probably all of us know, (laughs) and that's probably why we started drinking it, is that caffeine in the morning, or actually any time you have it, can make you be a little bit more alert, and it increases concentration, and it could boost learning, decision-making, and performance on cognitive tasks. Now, the recent um, researchers think that the keys to coffee's health benefits are the antioxidants and other biologically active compounds that are responsible for its really distinctive flavor. And it's probably just a combination of all the combo, you know, compounds working together. It's now, there are some coffee cautions that we have to, to have to relate. Increasing your coffee consumption beyond three cups is not good for you. And it's just like anything. They say that drinking you know, one or two glasses of wine is good, but drinking three or ten or a whole bottle, that is not good. So we just have to moderate. Now, some studies have suggested a link between more than four or five cups a day and lower bone density, especially in those with, uh, that have a higher risk of osteoporosis. And pro, uh, caffeine can potentially limit the body's absorption of calcium. However, if you add a couple teaspoons or, you know, just a swish of milk to your cup, that probably, it makes that a moot point. Uh, I do like to add some half and half to my coffee every day. And if I run out of that, ice cream does well. <laughs> I'm not sure if the sugar would be good. But that does counteract the effect. And then other researchers found that certain compounds in coffee actually raise your cholesterol, although some evidence suggests that brewing it with a filter might trap the compounds. Now, the, cough, the caffeine in coffee can have some undesired effects. Just one cup can cause sleep problems, it can cause irritability, and even regular coffee drinkers can experience headaches and nausea, anxiety, jitters, and increased blood pressure if they drink more than their bodies can handle. And you know, and I think that's just normal. I, I, I really believe that we all know that. I remember in college having a, um, a geology, a big geology exam, and I science just has never really been my thing, although I loved geology, and I loved going out on digs, and I loved archaeology, and that But this was a really, really tough exam at UCLA. And so I was cramming, and I stayed up all night, and I just drank pots of coffee. And I will never forget getting to that exam. And I was so jittery, I couldn't even hold my pen to do the exam. And then, of course, I got sick. You know, I really, I was nauseous, and but but I was so sick, and I couldn't sleep because I'd had so much coffee. So we just have to learn you know, when to hold them and when to fold them and not to go overboard. So how much coffee do you think or how much caffeine is too much? The U.S. government dietary guidelines say that 400 milligrams per day. Now, that is about two to four eight-ounce cups of coffee. Now, eight ounces sounds like a lot, but it's really just a paper cup full. I mean, it's small. So, you know, probably if you have one big mug in the morning, that's probably enough for your whole day. So it also depends on the type of bean and how it's brewed, and that can be part of the healthy diet. There are certain high-risk groups, and they really need to limit their coffee intake. Now, for example, pregnant women, they should consume no more than 200 um, milligrams per day. That's about one 12-ounce cup of coffee. 
because caffeine could increase the risk of spontaneous abortion and as, as it could do the growth delays in the fetus. So maybe that's where it came from, where we were ta- told as kids that coffee stunts your growth. Maybe it really stunted the fetus's growth. I'm not sure, but there wasn't as much research then. Now, caffeine can also prevent the absorption of or create a new side effect of common drugs such as certain antibiotics or antidepressants or antipsychotics. So ask your doctor when you get that annual checkup or if you're on any medication how much coffee you should be drinking. And always, again, when you're talking to your doctor, let them know everything you are uh, imbibing, including vitamins. Now, for people who need to avoid caffeine, drinking decaffeinated coffee could be a healthy option because the research actually says that decaf provides similar health benefits to decaffeinated coffee, but without the side effects. And decaf has slightly fewer antioxidants than a regular cup, but it's also associated with a lower risk of type 2 diabetes, and it does have other perks. So it's a good idea to probably um, have decaf if you feel that you are not tolerant. Now, for me, I cannot drink coffee in the evenings. I have one cup in the morning, and that is it. And sometimes I'm at a restaurant, and I really want a cup. But if I I do dare, uh, I don't sleep. And I'm always nervous when they say they're serving decaf. I'm not sure. So... Let me just tell you about the French press. I call it a Café Presse because that's what it was called. But it gives you a bold, full-bodied taste. Now, the brewer, French presses brew by allowing the coarsely ground beans to steep. It's about four or five minutes in hot water. And then what it does is the grounds are separated from the coffee. And then you take this pusher thing and you push push the screen or the filter to the bottom of the carafe, and that's when the built-in filter is depressed. And it um, brews up to eight cups at once. It's easy to pour from, and the fine mesh filter forms a tight seal with the glass walls of the carafe. So you don't get any grounds. You might get a little bit, but really not much. Now, the results, of course, if you don't have a paper filter, The coffee holds on to its natural oils, and what it does is that is what creates a full-bodied taste. So the mesh filter holds back most of the grounds. I mean, again, you might get some of those powder-like grounds. No big deal. And um, it just creates just a wonderful, wonderful, delicious cup of coffee. But it's strong, so you have to really like that. Now, something that other people do, and I did, um, you know, before I could afford a Café Per Se, they were only about, I mean, they're about $40, but there was a time when that was too much, and I just needed an over, you know, one of the ones that are called the pour-over brewer, like a Melita six-cup, which is under 10. And so what these are, that's just a simple, it's a good brew, and what you do is, it's a little bit more than a filter basket. It sits on top of a glass or a ceramic carafe. And then the basket's lined with the paper filter. And then you put the grounds in the paper filter. And then it puts you in control of the slow, careful pour over the entire bed of coffee. And that way it ensures uh, even distribution. So you pour hot water over it and you let it filter down. And then it's, you know, it's easy to clean and, uh, and you just ha- need a coffee filter and that brewer. And um, people who just drink quite a bit of coffee, they really like it. And uh, tasters at... 
Consumer Reports, they actually found the pour-over coffee bee had full, juicy flavors. It wasn't too aggressive, and it had a smooth feel and a sweet taste. Now, when it comes to the brewer, which is what most people have, you know, just a drip, an easy, no-nonsense uh, no drip, you, you can actually program them the night before, and some of them, your coffee will be ready in the morning. They score lower than any other methods as far as the complexity and smoothness and overall quality and the taste. But as far as convenience goes, that drip method is hard to beat. It's easy. You do it, you know, as I said, either the night before or first thing in the morning and you can go do something else and then you come back and you'll have a cup of coffee. It has a higher astringency usually. And uh, it might have some sharper acidity, but again, just like anything in life, it's what you like. That's the most important thing. Like my grandfather used to always say, the best glass of wine is the one that you are drinking. So it is whatever you like. So don't worry about whatever your Joe is. Make sure that you're buying the quality beans from places that you uh, that you really enjoy. Oh, and one last thing about coffee packaging is certain levels have genuine meaning and others don't. So how do you tell the difference on labels? If you rely on labels for information about a product's environmental impact and fair trade policies, you have to know that there are certain claims on coffee labels that are absolutely meaningless. And terms like ethically, sustainably farm, shade-grown, or direct trade, there's actually no legal definition or industry standard. So, you know, you can't rely on that. But you can rely on certain seals to indicate the conditions under which coffee was grown. So, for example, if you see USDA organic, it's strictly regulated by the Department of of Agriculture. So, in this case, the coffee farms... This means uh, synthetic fertilizers, synthetic pesticides, anything that can be harmful to wildlife or the farmers are banned. And so the label ensures that the soil quality is protected. Then if you see the label that says fair trade, that seal indicates that the beans were sourced directly from small-scale farmers who were paid a fair price. If you see fair trade certified, this label does not indicate that the coffee was purchased directly from a small-scale farmer. The beans can be grown on large coffee plantations, but these farms do have to meet some certain standards, including protecting the farm workers from unsafe working conditions and paying them a living wage. Then there's one that's called the bird-friendly habitat, and it certifies that the farm where the coffee was grown qualifies as a bird-friendly habitat, just as it says. So, it's important that um, the trees of the coffee trees, that they are still uh, good for the birds to live in. And then there's Rainforest Alliance certified, which means some or all of the coffee in the bag is sourced from beans and farms that have met standards aimed at promoting sustainability and protecting the farmers, the forest, the wildlife, 
and the local communities. And, and they also minimize pesticide use and incorporate native trees. But it's not as stringent as the bird-friendly habitat designation. And just in case you're interested, if you want to see what coffee really looks like, make sure to check out starstyleradio.com for this episode on a coffee because I was uh, in St. Lucia this past year and went to a coffee plantation and took pictures. And it is really something, the way the coffee beans uh, grow, really fascinating. Well, when we come back from uh, from break, we're going to have a lot more right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. Don't go away. More to come. Be the star you are. The star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAE639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save $20 today with coupon code VAE639 at Freshly.com. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. 
Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, we are back. And if you haven't listened to other shows here on the Voice America Network, I encourage you to because there is such an incredible variety of talent and hosts and content that Voice America just really is a leader in bringing entertainment, edutainment, infotainment to the airwaves and one of the best things about Voice America is that all the shows are archived so you don't have to listen live you can come back at your leisure and I just love our family at Voice America everyone is so fabulous and especially big 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 shout outs to my engineer of many years Matt yay Matt he's so great and he engineers our our teen show as well but everybody there is great so I love Voice America well, we heard our, the quote that I did in Under Miracle Moment from John Muir. I went out for a walk and finally concluded to stay out till sundown for going out, I found, was really going in. And as summer draws to a close, it's natural to kind of want to grab the last rays of outdoor living. I mean, we're really close to fall, right? The temperatures in California and in many places have been in the three digits. And unless anybody was splashing in a pool... It was difficult to be outside. Uh, You know, you had to stay inside if you had air conditioning turned on high. Now, I tend to be one of these people that march to a different drum. I love to kind of sweat through the heat and enjoy that lazy, hazy, hot days of the season al fresco. Of course, if it gets to Arizona temperatures where it's 118, then or 124, I think that that doesn't quite work. But then that's time to jump in a lake. But harvest is here for grapes and walnuts will be soon and the Asian pears. And I tromped through the hills with a, a former financial broker who's turned entrepreneur who purchased 22 acres of land to plant a vineyard and an orchard, an olive orchard, and build a local winery. And what was very interesting is there had been a big fire a couple of months ago, and the fire had scorched her 125 olive trees. But what was great about it is as we hiked with the hills, we were so surprised to see the resiliency of the olive trees. New shoots were sprouting from the trunks of the scorched trees. So three cheers for Mother Nature's ability to rebound from devastation. Now, trees that were untouched, were filled with fruit, which will be ripened and harvested in November. And then we could, uh, we also hiked up to see where she is planting her Tuscan vineyard on a rather steep slope because uh, grapes actually do really well on steep slopes because there's better, uh, there's better, they keep the erosion control, but there's better sunlight and the water drains well so the roots don't, you know, sit in water. And when you do dry farming, which is the way we did our farming growing up, you get a really rich, dense berry on the grape. So there's definitely fires going on. I was in Oregon recently, and there was smoke everywhere. 
So we have to be alert for the next couple of months because there's a high danger of fire. Be proactive. Remove flammable objects, debris, brush, wood from around the perimeter of your home. The National Weather Service has actually been issuing some red flag and heat wave warnings projected to continue um, throughout the next couple of months. So that also says to stay hydrated. Wear hats when you're outdoors. Make sure that your pets have plenty of water. And for your gardens and plants, watch for signs of stress. I really have noticed my citrus trees, my lemons, my tangelos, and my lime trees. The leaves are starting to curl because there's just not enough. There's not enough water, and we have we are out of the drought supposedly now in California. However, where I reside, they raised the it's East Bay mud. East Bay Municipal Water District, they raised our rates almost 30% so that they can build the infrastructure, which is so maddening because they had really high rates during the the um, the drought and everybody was saving water and, you know, not flushing toilets and doing all those things. And then thinking that, gee, we'd get a respite and be able to have some water finally. And now if you use water, you get charged an additional 30% and it's going up next year another additional so that makes me kind of upset it's been uh, very enjoyable though watching the colorful sunsets from the comfort of patio chairs and although I have to maintain my distance I've been observing just a plethora of wildlife that prance and glance and glide through my landscape I have deer and turkeys, skunks, raccoons, lizards, snakes, hawks, hummingbirds, even coyotes and foxes. They are constant visitors. And, of course, not all of them are welcome. Just uh, two nights ago, after I was um, working on producing uh, the next show or producing this show, I went out in the garden when I got home, and it was uh, late, and it was close to 9 o'clock. So it was dark, already dark. I don't like it getting dark so early, but that's what happened. And I heard a rustling around me. I would brought a flashlight, but I didn't have it turned on. And I figured it was probably either a squirrel or maybe one of the feral cats that are in the neighborhood. And I decided just to shine the light to see. A skunk had come over and was literally less than five inches, six inches from my boots. And it was just sitting there right next to me. I didn't know what to do. I just froze. I absolutely froze because I thought if I move, it'll probably be frightened and spray. So I froze and instead I gently took the light and I shone the light down the hill on a path. And then the skunk went doot, 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 and it went down that path. And I decided I better take a cut across another way, across another hillside. And the crazy thing is when I got to the bottom of the hill, who was waiting for me? But that skunk. So uh, I didn't get sprayed. I had a guess it wasn't threatened by me. I must be, you know, really, I, I don't know. I must emit a sound that animals think, okay, she's okay. But the striped skunks have become increasingly bold. I mean, they've come right up to my back door. And these nocturnal ma- mammals, although they are so adorably cute from afar, we cannot approach them because their uh, defense mechanism is that terrible musk spray. And they don't have to just spray once. They can spray several times. And they can be accurate to 12 feet. And in addition... 
a scary thing is skunks can be carriers of rabies. So as much as their smell is disgusting, I do have to admit they are beneficial for reducing rodents and pesky insects. However, once they tuck up residence in your yard, garage, shed, or deck, they could become problematic. And we have to secure all the entry holes in and around our buildings and our desks because skunks burrow and they forage to go from the outside to the inside. So they will dig under a foundation and they'll end up under your house. I actually had some friends who had a family of skunks be under their house. And I don't know what happened. They were having a dance party or something, and it upset the skunks, and they sprayed. And the family had to move out for almost two months. It took that long to get the spray out of everything. But your pets are probably the first animals that are going to be sprayed. So I do have a homemade sterile uh, neutralizer recipe that will remove the stink. What you do is you use a quart of 3% hydrogen peroxide. You know, just put this in a, um, a bucket. A quarter cup of baking soda and a teaspoon of dishwashing detergent. And obviously, you don't have to measure that carefully. Mix everything together and wash your pet, keeping that concoction out of the eyes, ears, nose, and mouth. Rinse the water and, if necessary, you know, wash again uh, and If you mix up this solution, don't try to store it because it will cause a chemical reaction and it could cause an explosion. But again, it's a quart of 3% hydrogen peroxide, a quarter cup of baking soda, and a teaspoon of dishwashing detergent. Now, another thing that's really around my area a lot, and they're really fun to watch, are these blue-tailed lizards. They're also known as skinks. And what they do is they sprint from rock to rock. Now, some veterinarians have stated that skinks could be poisonous to pets, especially to cats, but there really are no concrete published studies. They have a really bright coloring on their skin. Uh, They're bright blue, bright, you know, their tails are, are bright blue. Some of them have a bright blue stomach. Now, having bright coloring very often indicates that an animal is venomous or unpalatable because uh, that will serve as a decoy. For example, in the case of the skink, the blue-tailed skink, birds will stay away from it. And what they'll do is they'll attack the tail but because it's blue, but they won't attack its vital organs. So the color sometimes is a decoy to keep the um, predators away from killing them. So uh, as we know, t- li- uh, lizard tails regenerate. And lizards are really great garden protectors because they eat many of the bothersome insects that plague our uh, landscapes. So we have to welcome them. Now, the grapes are ripening on the vine as the sun kisses the clusters. Bunches resemble still life paintings. Their colors are like blue and purple and absinthe and rose. And hydrangeas that were originally a, a deep vermilion are showing florets of lime green mottled with pink. Green is the most prevalent color in nature. And it is so enlightening if you could take time to truly immerse yourself and your senses in the multitude of shades and hues before the leaves start turning amber, gold, crimson, and red. You just go outside, go to a park, or if you're close to the woods, or a hillside or a creek and try to count the different colors of green. I think you'll be really shocked. We tend to, you know, we get a box of crayons, we just color a tree green, but there's so many different colors. 
So, you know, if the weather allows, you want to go outside and enjoy it. It's going to be getting colder as we uh, go into fall and then approach winter. But you can bring a breath of the earth into your soul by soaking in nature outside because outside is really inside. So take a deep breath and inhale deeply. A few things that you can do in your garden this month is to feed the monarchs with enriching nectar for both the caterpillars and the butterflies by planting swamp milkweed, pink common milkweed, asters, and leatrice. And you can eat all those ugly and imperfect fruits and vegetables. We've talked about this on, the other, on other shows. But about a third of all food produced worldwide, worth about a trillion dollars, gets lost or wasted in food production and consumption systems because deformed produce isn't uh, beautiful. And so people don't buy it. But it tastes the same. It's nutritionally the same. And bruised fruit and vegetables, all you got to do is cut off the bad bits, make a sauce or a soup, or do like I did. I picked an apple off the tree that was bruised this morning, and I just didn't eat the bruised part. It tasted fantastic. Water deeply when your garden is thirsty, especially in the early morning or the evening. And don't water if it's really hot because you're going to waste that H2O, and you might even burn your plants. If... Um, uh, Oh, vegetable stems and trimmings for sauces, sautés, and soups. You know, so many people, they will just cut the tops off the broccoli and eat the broccoli top, or they will just eat the top of the parsley or the top of the cilantro. But you know, if you just cut the stalks, you can shave them for salad. When you peel your potatoes, you can put those peels on a baking sheet with some olive oil and some salt, and you can make potato peel chips. Uh, Carrot and cilantro chops, they make a fantastic pesto. And you can mix them up together. Like beet tops are great, radish tops. Get creative and don't waste any part of an edible vegetable. Just one note is don't eat the leaves of of rhubarb because they're toxic. On rhubarb, you only eat the stalks. And rhubarb and Swiss chard look a lot alike, so be aware You can avoid aches and pains while gardening by stretching before and after your work. So just do a couple of stretches before you go outside to do any lifting or hoeing or weeding. There's um, time to plant some color spots right now, and you can plant uh, little pots for shape, size, texture, and foliage, and you can start planning your garden It's nice as winter comes along to have some pops of color. So just go to a garden center and see what's happening. Now, the Pear Festival is coming up. I have to remind everyone it is this Saturday, September 23rd at Moraga Commons. You can visit bethestarur.org and forward slash events to see what's going on. Our teens will be doing a donation box for Operation uh, Hurricane and Disaster Relief. So you can do that, but there's lots of free activities for the kids. And many thanks to Michael Verbrugge Construction, the La Mirinda Weekly, and MB Jesse Painting for making the booth possible. Again, visit bethestarur.org forward slash events. And then divide crowded perennials once they have finished blooming. And that includes the naked ladies that I talked about last month. It's time now. If the naked ladies are done blooming, there's different varieties. So I still have one variety blooming. But as soon as they're done, cut those stalks down. And um, you can put them in your compost pile. 
and then you can start digging up the the bulbs and moving them around. Fertilize your acid-loving plants, including roses, rhododendrons, azaleas, camellias, fuchsias, ferns, and begonias. The Asian pears are ripe. Many of them are already done. Regular pears are ripe, so pick them. Apples are coming in. Some apple trees are already uh, really great to eat. Others are a little bit green, but it is time. So I wish you all happy gardening and happy growing. And when we come back from break, we will be talking about things to do when your adult children make bad choices. Please don't go away. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and I am your personal growth expert and your host. Stay with me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. What do you do when a customer you're working with becomes unnecessarily unreasonable? We all work with grumpy customers or clients from time to time. And sometimes you're just in no mood for a confrontation. And you would prefer to tell that person just to go jump in a lake. But of course, that approach only results in the loss of business for you or the company for which you work. So try this tactic first. Just pause a few seconds. Take a deep breath and listen carefully to the complaint of the customer. Ignore all the emotions surrounding the customer's attitude as it's just too easy to get pulled into an argument. Acknowledge that you've heard the complaint by repeating it and then explain your point of view calmly and clearly, pointing out the company policies or the terms of your signed agreement. Then address genuine concerns that the customer may have and make it clear that you intend to fulfill your part of your guarantee. Now, usually just by listening and finding out how the customer would like the issue resolved will lead to a satisfactory solution for everyone. And rules are designed to be flexible. So if you feel that the long-term relationship with this customer or client is more valuable than just being right, do everything in your power to satisfy the complaint and then you'll gain a client for life. It takes five times more time and money to replace one customer than to keep one. Think about it. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 
376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are. org. Dare to care. Power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out. You stayed with us. Thank you so much because we have a wonderful final segment. And it's uh, how to possibly not bite your tongue, but to help any adult child that you might have with some choices because that's always very hard. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I am Cynthia Bryan. And for more information about our show, you can visit starstyleradio.com. Well, if you have grown children, there's always going to be some choices that they make that you may not agree with. We've always learned when you're a parent, you learn to choose your battles because you cannot win every war. So let's say that your grown child is spending money that she should be saving or making some questionable career choices. Or what about the worst of all, probably, or one of the worst, is to marrying the wrong person. What do you do? So many parents think that their best option is to say nothing when they disagree with their adult children's choices because adult children are, after all, adults and they have a right to live their own lives. However, sometimes you just can't not speak up. Now, I know many people are afraid that speaking up could sour the parent-child relationship, but the bite-your-tongue approach to parenting adult children is always going to be doomed to fail. Saying nothing will increase the odds that your child's going to make poor decisions. So it means that you must live with the knowledge that you did nothing to help your child. And it might not even protect your relationship with the child because an adult child can usually deduce from their parents' tone and body language that they're not happy with the choice, even when their parents don't say so. So there are a few secrets that you can do to maintain family harmony when you disagree with your adult child. And it's always better, in my opinion, to at least state what you feel and let them know that you are there for them in case they need your help. And I've always to ask them if they want your advice or your opinion. And there are minimal ways to ruffle the feathers. So here's a few steps that you could do is first, seek a neutral party's opinion. So before you confront your child, ask a friend or an acquaintance whether your concerns are truly justified. I would really select someone who has experience with the topic. Um, You know, if it's a money matter, maybe call your financial planner or if you're on good terms with, you know, your banker, you might ask that. You want somebody who's going to be level-headed. That's the important thing. And if it's something that is generational, perhaps you know somebody is who is in your child's age range but not one of their friends, and you might just ask what their opinion would be from a generational side because we're all a bit different whether you are a gen XYZ and Y being the millennials or you're a boomer or you're from, you know, the greatest generation, which is the World War II generation, we have different thoughts on everything, and uh, things change over the years. The next is 
You want to find a private, low-stress moment to raise concerns. When you choose to speak up is very important. It's almost as important as what you're going to say. So the best time for a conversation is when your child is relaxed and in a good mood and you're not in any confrontational state. So an example, if your child has their own young children, the best moment might be when the kids are at school or if your child has a high-stress job. Maybe it's on the weekend or when you have a Sunday dinner. And if your child always seems to be busy, perhaps invite them to have a, you know, a cup of coffee somewhere or a glass of wine or say, do you have some time for a phone call? I just want to talk to you for a minute. Now, you don't want to ever voice your concerns in front of other people. That'll increase the odds that your child's going to become defensive. And if you and your spouse or your significant other both take issue with the child's decision, the parent with whom the child historically has had an easier time discussing difficult topics is the one who should have this conversation. So if uh, one of you in a relationship has a better relationship with a child, that's the person that should have the conversation. I know it's a little scary because you think, well, I have a good relationship. I don't want to jeopardize that. But you really don't want to jeopardize it by allowing them to make a mistake that could alter their life and perhaps alter it for negative. Now, it is totally acceptable, of course, for both parents to take part if they both feel strongly about the matter and they both get along well with the child. But you don't want your child to feel ganged up on so one way to avoid that is for, um, for either you or your spouse to be very frank about the slightly different views that you might have. Then open the discussion with curiosity as opposed to a statement. If you begin the conversation by just blurting out your opinion, I think you're going to be at odds with your kids. Instead, you could begin by saying, you know, I've been thinking about or I've been wondering about And ask the question that allows your child to calmly explain his thinking. You might find that what their thinking is will change your opinion. It's possible. Your questions need to sound curious, never judgmental. And they cannot be thinly veiled attempts to express displeasure. You don't want to say that you're unhappy about it. Remember, these are adult children. So if you... uh, disagree with your child's your decision to um, allow the grandchildren to sleep in the parents' bed for, bed, for example, your question could express curiosity about it, saying, you know, that wasn't something that we did. What are the advantages? And your questions must not have an obvious negative tone, like, why would anyone do such a thing? That Those are all negative. And then make sure that you remember to cite your own mistakes or shortcomings. You might imagine that presenting yourself as an expert on a topic would encourage your child to heed your guidance, but actually the opposite is more likely to be true because adult children, they desperately want their parents' respect. And if the tone of the conversation is like, I'm your parent, I know better, then immediately the kid goes back into child mode, being that 10-year-old girl or boy, and they're more likely to listen to what you have to say when you reveal it in a different way and treat them as an equal with respect, not as your child. So 
if there, you, if you wanted to say, you know, when your mother and I bought our first house, we did exactly what you're thinking about doing. We stretched our budget. And then for the next few years, we just uh, worried a lot whether we could pay the mortgage. In retrospect, I wish we had bought something less expensive, if that was your experience. And that just gives them something that's from your experience. But let them know that experiences can be different. Make sure you compliment your child and blame your concerns on your own shortcomings. Just, you know, I'm your mom and I worry. And offer your advice if you feel it has a value. You know, this is my opinion, but I think that you and your spouse or you and whoever should really think about it on your own. And always suggest that your child speak to a third party who might have some more information. And if the conversation starts going poorly, apologize. Even if you don't think you're wrong, say, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. Um, you are, you know, I, you are an adult and you need to do what you wanted to do, but I just needed to express my opinion. So that's our show for today. You can listen to the archives. If you go to voice America, the empowerment channel and check out star style, be the star you are. we also have links at starstyleradio.com. I really appreciate you listening in every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. For more information about me, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, make a donation, or help with hurricane relief and disaster relief, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. I want you to see beyond your physical being and know that you already are the star that you dreamed of becoming. Like I say, you are the writer, director, producer, and star of your own life. And get ready for a couple of new books. Gardening uh, is the new garden book is Growing with the Goddess Gardener. should be available soon. I'll have to check. It might be on Amazon now. And then our Be the Star You Are for Millennials will be coming very soon. Very excited about that. So until next week when we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. I thank you and encourage you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference, and be here next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, with Star Style. Be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.
You.